With that said, would you please just join me in a word of prayer? Yes, God, I just agree with Doug. We come before you with boldness because we have you, Jesus, and we belong to you. So, Spirit of God, we pray that you would illuminate these words, that you would bring to life this great commission, that this would not just be words that we've heard a hundred times or that seem to be from far away, that, that we would hear you speaking them into us personally, powerfully, changing everything. Jesus, may this be a time where we hear your voice, where we hear the voice of the Father. So right now in this moment, I pray, God, that each of us, including me, would right now just embrace a posture of reliance and dependence upon you and that your spirit would speak. Have your way. We submit. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this together in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Anybody here been to uh, the Great Wolf Lodge? Anybody? My family, my, yeah, we can all raise our hand. We just went over the weekend to Manteca, and it's, it's pretty crazy. In the middle of January, there's this place that you can go to, and uh, it's heated, and it's a water slide park indoors. And we, we were on our way there this weekend. We got to go for Ruth's birthday. Ruth's having a birthday uh, here in a little bit. And so we were on our way on a family adventure, and my son Nolan said, hey, he got some insights from his friends who have gone before, and on the way he says, I hear that there is like the drop, and we got to go on it. So we're hearing about it. We get into the park. It's pretty crazy walking in, and you're in, in the middle of January seeing people in bathing suits, and, um, and we, we, we try out first just one of you know, the, the kiddie stuff, and uh, we go up on, there's this racing one where you can race on your uh, inner tubes, and, and we see kind of in the corner of our eye the drop, and it's like a compartment that you stand in, it opens up, you sit in there, they close it up. You sit there like this, and uh, maybe you do a little bit of this, I don't know. And it says three, two, one, and then you just drop. And uh, we're talking about this drop, and we're like, all right, when are we going to go? And my son Tristan's like, well, maybe we'll like feel it out tonight, and we'll go in the morning tomorrow. Because we're spending the night, right? And uh, we're thinking about that, and we're going around, and we're thinking that's a great plan, and and later on in the evening, I'm, I'm with uh, my daughter, Selah, and my son, Jude. And Jude all of a sudden just says, Dad, I think it's time. <laughs> so we go up to the drop. We get in line. And there's a long line for everything except for this particular slide. There's no line. You just kind of walk right up. And I'm starting to kind of have this, like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, do I really want to do this? But I'm the dad, and I kind of need to do this. And so I'm like, right, I'm going to lead the way. Then we get up there. And then I'm in a challenging spot because 
we got to go down the slide, and then someone needs to, and, 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 and if I go down first, then my kids are up at the top without me. And so I'm looking at Selah and Jude, and I'm like wondering, what are we going to do? And I'm like, all right, Selah, you're going to have to go first. And she's just like, okay. <laughs> and she walks in, and she sits there, and I'm like looking around, and there's all these other people that are watching. And Selah just kind of stands in there. And then they close it, and I'm like, are you okay? And she's like laughing, and then all of a sudden she's like, gone. <laughs> and my son, my, my son Jude gets in, and he gets in, and he's a little different. He sits in there, and he closes his eyes, and, I, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, we're watching, and there's another dad next to me who's kind of watching the whole thing, and I'm like, he's praying right now, right? <laughs> and then Jude goes down, and then I get in there, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, I, I think, like, is this even worth it? Now I have to go. And I'm kind of in this moment, uh, and, and I do it, uh, and it's awesome and terrifying and everything all at the same time. But it's this moment, like we had, we'd been hearing about the drop. We had been hearing about this thing that we had to go on. But we weren't really in the club until we got on. We couldn't really say that we had done that until we hopped in and we did it. You know, this series that we're doing, Follow Jesus Together, I believe is an invitation for you into the drop. For some of us, we've been watching, maybe we've been doing the kiddie rides, maybe we've been doing some of the other things, and I, I believe that maybe as we think about these next eight weeks, the Lord is inviting you into the ride of your life, a journey. And we are getting invited to this incredible invitation to follow Jesus together. I love in the book that we're reading by Kevin Harney. He's the author of this book that we've been following. He's one of the pastors in our denomination who's been helping us with this content that we're all so excited to be digging into about what does it look like to follow Jesus together. And in the, in the book, Kevin says this. He says, imagine a world where every person who follows Jesus is growing in spiritual maturity. Every single day, picture neighborhoods, schools, workplaces, and every environment you enter influenced by Christians who love, pray for, and serve those who have not yet encountered the Savior. He goes on and he says, imagine our children in their schools praying for their classmates, Imagine our teenagers in high school or in junior high showing up and caring for, for the kids on the, on the fringes, the, the out, outcasts wanting to share Jesus. Imagine young parents raising their children together in the Lord, asking each other, growing together in what it looks like to raise families. Imagine, he says at one point, singles with a single vision of sharing Christ the broken world. Imagine empty nesters who have this next, next, all of this new opportunity, all of this new space that they are going to now use for the kingdom. Imagine the, the saints, the people who have been following Jesus for, for ages, who are coming alongside, who are joining in this journey. Imagine just you in this together with us. This is what follow Jesus together is. It is an invitation to a journey, I would maybe say a drop. <laughs> and it's a journey of growing in Jesus and going 
with Jesus on his disciple-making mission. That's what it is, disciple-making mission. That word disciple, we use it in church a lot, a lot of times, and it can be confusing. A, a disciple simply is someone who follows Jesus. And the question is, as we think about how do we make disciples, Matt just read us the Great Commission, Jesus' words to his disciples, how are we going to be a people who are discipling? It kind of relates to these two words. One, disciples of Jesus are disciples of Jesus, meaning we are growing in Christ. We're growing in him as we follow him, as we get closer to him, we are growing. And we're going to unpack that a little bit today. But we're not just growing, we're also going. Jesus doesn't call us to be all by ourselves in these incubators. We are called to be on mission. We are called to an abundant, full, rich, challenging mission to make disciples. And they go hand in hand. So as we think about this journey or drop, in the, in the book that Kevin Harney writes, he, he talks about these three epic questions for the journey. And I really believe these are really helpful questions for us today as we look at this and we talk about how do we as disciples, how do we follow Jesus together? And the first question is, how can I know that I am growing? If a disciple of Jesus is someone who is growing in Christ, who is growing with Christ, how do I know that I am growing? How am I discipling? Now, we're going to get into the seven markers of what it looks like for people to be growing in Jesus. But we need to be careful that before we get into those seven markers, those, those seven kind of calls, those action items that we do, that we don't get it twisted and we make it all about the things that we're supposed to do and we forget that Jesus is the one doing the work in us and we need to have the very Spirit leading us. When Jesus was here on earth, he, would, he came and he, and he talked and he preached about the kingdom of God. He talked about the ways of the kingdom and the people that he had the hardest time with were actually the religious folks. There were the folks who, who knew all the things, the, all the laws, all the things that you were supposed to do, but he said that he would look at them and at one point he called these Pharisees, he called them whitewashed tombs. Because on the outside it looked like they had everything together, they were doing all the things, but on the inside they were dead. And as we look at this, and we talk about over the next seven weeks, all of these different markers of following Jesus, we want to make sure that we frame this entire conversation around the gospel that believes that the beginning and the end of this conversation is that Jesus is the one that changes everything, and he is the one, as we sang today, that is our only comfort in life and death. Kevin Harney says a, a great umbrella before we get into these different elements to think about our walk with Jesus is the fruits of the Spirit. As you think about how you walk with Christ, those who are in Christ, those who are, are in relationship with him are given the Spirit. And the, and the Spirit has fruits that he grows in us. It says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. 
as you think about Bible engagement, about, about getting into your word and getting into your Bible, is that space, is that time a time of love and joy and peace? Is that, is that a time of humility or a time of self-righteousness? Got to be careful. As you think about being organically uh, outreach-focused, are the fruits of the Spirit the umbrella over those spaces? As we think about joyful generosity, as we think about passionate prayer, you think about these seven markers, are those things umbrellaed under the very Spirit of God? Is He doing a work in us? As I think about my life, are these fruits evident in my life? So we want to frame that as we think about how we're growing first, that we are depending upon the Lord and that the Spirit is doing this work in us and we're seeing these fruits in us. And maybe you're like, got it, I'm really good. If you want to have a really honest conversation about those fruits, don't look yourself in the mirror or don't ask somebody, hey, how are you doing? Ask their spouse. Ask their friends. Ask Brianna. Hey, how's Logan doing at Patience? That'll tell you how I'm doing in my, in my walk with Jesus. If I am spending time and growing in him, that's probably something he's continuing to work and making aware in my life. Because that seems to be the one that I push back at a lot. So as we ask ourselves, how are we growing in this? We want to have this umbrella. But then we're going to be getting into these seven markers over the next seven weeks. And here's the markers. I'm not going to get into them today because we're going to be getting into them over the next seven weeks. But it can be easy to look at these markers and to look at them kind of like a menu. My family, we got to go to the Olive Garden yesterday for the first time. We got to experience breadsticks and salad. We got to experience the joy of the Olive Garden where by the time your entrees come out, you're already full. So you get leftovers. And you know, sometimes when we think about the things of following Jesus, we look at the different imperatives, the different things that he's called us to do, more like a menu. Like, you know what? I'm more of a Bible reader. I'm more of of a prayer warrior. I'm more of, I'm just all about the worship. I'm all about, about the generosity Or you know what, you guys can do all that growing, I'm just going to go and share Jesus. But in following Jesus, we're called to look at it like a recipe, not a menu. If we're missing different elements of this recipe of following Jesus, we're going to miss it. If, if, if If I'm making cookies, and you know what, I'm, I'm all out of, of sugar, the most important element to cookies, I believe. And I'm like, you know what? I, I got the flour, I got the eggs, I even got the vanilla. But you know what? I'll just switch out the sugar for a little bit of salt. It looks the same. Have you ever done that? I have. On accident, I didn't do it on purpose. And as we think about following Jesus, we want to be sure that we are looking at examining our lives and saying, okay, I am called to this recipe. 
we actually have this assessment that you get to do. It's a tool for you that, that is available to you. I think it's on our website, right, Pastor Doug? And you can talk to your small group leaders and you can fill it out. And it actually will, you do this little assessment. I did it uh, just this last week. And it tells you, hey, in this recipe, here's some of the things that you seem to not be as naturally inclined to. For me, it was joyful generosity. I'm not the most generous person. It's one of the, one of the things I'm, I'm trying to, to grow in. For you, you may look at this and realize, wow, these are some of my strengths. And here's something that, that I think the Lord is calling me to grow in and to lean into. I would encourage you to take that assessment as we look at the next seven weeks to kind of really know about where, the, where God needs to speak into you and challenge you. So as you think about this, the first question is, how can I know I'm growing Remember, you got the fruits of the Spirit as this umbrella. We have, we have these seven questions that we're talking. And second, or these seven markers. And second, is discipleship, this is a really interesting question to ask. Is discipleship bigger than my relationship with Jesus? That's an interesting question. What do you mean? It can be very easy as we think about our faith to say, you know what? It's just about me and Jesus. You know what, I don't need church. As a matter of fact, all those church people, they tend to just kind of, uh, you know, mess things up. They're a bunch of hypocrites, all this other stuff. Or, or you know what, I'll, I'll, it's, just, it's just about me and Jesus. If I just focus on me and Jesus, everything will be okay. But if we look at, at the call to follow Jesus, when Jesus says go and make disciples, what is a disciple? It's, it's, it's a group of people that are following Jesus together. And this word for disciple is this highly relational word. This idea that you are in relationships with someone above you, someone below you, and this is how we grow together. We're learning from someone who's walked where I hope to walk, and we're speaking into someone who is walk, walking where I have walked at one, one, at one point. Paul writes about this to, to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2. He says this, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men will be able to teach others also. He talks about this relationship, this mentor with, I, I want to say mentee, and everyone says manatee. i got to find a better word. Someone who has a mentor. <laughs> In the book that, we're, that we're, we're, we're digging into, this idea that we should have these, there's this call in scriptures of what, he, what Kevin Harney says, these four generations of discipleship. These four generations of discipleship. That as we think about what it looks like to be a people who are making disciples, that understand that this is something we're invited into, that it's not just about me on my own, that I am invited into a community of people that are growing together, that I need to be asking myself, where am I in this call to these four generations of disciples, discipleship? Generation one. We need a spiritual mentor. We need someone in our life who has walked where we are walking, someone who has been where we are in faith that can speak in to us. We need a spiritual mentor. I know for me, I've been blessed to have 
quite a few spiritual mentors in my life. When I was in college, I had this guy named Scott Vance. He was my youth pastor. And he spoke into me. And sometimes he spoke into me in ways that were really annoying and irritating, but good for me. And I, I think if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't probably be up here speaking today because he was the one that spoke into me truths about, about what I could do and about what, what he saw, the things that God was doing in me that I didn't see. Or even at my time here at Cornerstone, almost over 10 years ago, uh, uh, this friend of mine, you guys may know him, Lauren York. We started getting coffee together every two weeks. And it was nothing spectacular. It's been nothing spectacular. But we get coffee together and we talk about our lives. And over those last 10, maybe even more closer to 15 years, he's walked with me through having children, through uh, being a youth pastor, through walking through the death of my grandparents, through, um, through challenges and crises in the church through going from, from, from being in seminary and, and, and in youth ministry and then all of a sudden becoming an interim pastor and, and all the joys and, and tribulations that come with that, even today. And, and we've been meeting every other week for over 10 years. And we have these moments together where we share our struggles and, our, and we get in my car and we pray together. And I've grown so much in just having a big spiritual brother to pray into me. We need a spiritual mentor. I would, I would encourage you to ask yourself, who's my spiritual mentor? Who is speaking into me? Second, we are responsible for our spiritual growth. It can be easy to say, well, I got people speaking into me, and hopefully they do a good job. Because <laughs> if they don't, then that's on them. I've been... I've been uh, blessed to be in some, we call them cohorts today, where you, you're in these cohorts and you come alongside with other people that are in the same space as you. And, and I've, I've noticed in these cohorts, I, I come into them thinking, oh man, I'm going to be, I'm like, everything's going to change for me because I got these really wise people that are speaking into me. And I found that honestly, it's great, but the real change happens when I start listening to these the, the, this advice or, or I start seeing, but I start living it out and acting it out. And so as we think about discipleship, we need to recognize where you are in your discipleship journey and to take ownership and to say, I'm going to grow. I'm going to listen. I'm going I'm I'm to engage. I'm going I'm to take responsibility for my growth. This is a huge part of what it means to follow Jesus. I'm not just going to show up and hope that the preacher hits a home run that week. I'm not just going to show up and hope that I feel certain things. I'm going to take responsibility of, of my faith. I'm growing. Generation three, we are responsible. We are called to invest in the journey of others. We're not just thinking about having someone above us. We're thinking about also having someone that we're reaching down and inviting up to grow with us together. We're inviting somebody into this spiritual journey. This is kind of interesting to talk about this. You know, the, the, this pastor in our, in our denomination, the Kingdom Network, Kevin Harney, right, he wrote this book. 
I've heard him speak a few times. Years ago, Pastor Mike took me on this conference in Monterey, and he was a speaker. And, and, and I, I remember we were at our Kingdom Network launch, our new network, and he was speaking. And he was talking about his mentors. And he was talking about how he had people that spoke into him. And do you know who his mentor was, the person that spoke into him? The person who, who, followed, who, he, who, who reached his hand down and, and, and loved him and shared Jesus with him when he was in high school? He was this guy named Doug Drainville. And we have this like full circle. It's like this weird like out-of-body experience where I'm like, okay, like we're getting this, this help from this book and this author and this preacher and he's speaking into us. But yet we have like his mentor on our staff that I've, I've sat under that I've been, it's this beautiful idea of growing together. And so we need to have this question of who am I reaching down to and inviting to grow with me. There's this call in Christian community for us to be a part of these generations. But also there's this fourth generation that we train, generation three, to reach down. This is where things go from being addition to multiplication. This is where the, the movement of the gospel, when Jesus says go and make disciples, what he means is go and make disciples who make disciples. That my hope is that as I am reaching down into ne the next generation, that I'm not just training that generation in the way of Jesus, calling them to Jesus, but I believe they will do that with others. And I'm walking along with them and telling them this is, this is our call. And this is not unfamiliar to you, church. As a matter of fact, we are, I think we are a church that does this really well just in our families. Think of one of the patri patriarchs of our church, this guy named Ed. He just passed away last year. A bunch of his sons, elders here. A bunch of his grandchildren Involved here, a bunch of his great-grandchildren starting to grow up. These four generations in the church that are we're reaching down generations and calling one another to grow. And there's this beautiful story that we're telling. I love in Psalm chapter 78, the psalmist says this. He says, he, God, established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children. That the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments. Is discipleship more than my relationship with Jesus? I would say it's not less than. And we're called into this journey together. Third question, what is the relationship between discipleship and evangelism? You know, it can be really easy to say, you know what? We're more of a church that's just all about growing. We read our Bibles, we pray, we do Bible studies, we do catechism, and we're just going to grow. Or, you know what, we're a church that's just all about going. 
We're going to be all outreach focused and all about getting new people and lost souls. And the problem is, is that when Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, he says, you need to be a people who are going and growing. Not just this or just this. Those go together. This is the call in Matthew 28. And the problem is, is for some of us, when we think about the relationship between discipleship and evangelism is, is that oftentimes we think that those are enemies. It's like you're either one or the other. Or maybe we think, oh, they're, they're friends, they get along. But truly, as we think about this relationship between evangelism, sharing your faith, sharing Jesus, and discipleship, growing in Jesus, those are meant to be looked at as a marriage. As something that we do, they are woven together in the fabric of what it means to follow Jesus. I mean, just think about who Jesus is. Just think about the gospel story as you look about and you look at his walk. Where did he go? Who did he go and hang out with? Did he just spend all his time in church? Did he spend all his time in the synagogues? He did spend time there. He did do that. But oftentimes he would be out on the margins. He would be out with the lost. He would be out with the hurting. He would be out with the broken. And as we are going to be a people who say, I'm a disciple of Jesus, we follow him there. And that may make, I know that makes me sometimes uncomfortable, but yet we remember, I love in Matthew 28 when Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given me. Go make disciples. I love that he doesn't just say, and good luck. I'll see you in heaven, and I hope that you do your job. He says what? Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Remember, we are invited in to this drop. We are invited in to follow Jesus. And maybe you're looking at this command or you're wondering yourself wondering to yourself do I really want to step in do I really want to I'm on the Bible app today the verse of the day was Jesus telling his disciples anyone who would deny themselves take up their cross and follow me my disciples this idea of denying myself is actually saying no to my own Self. To say, you know what, I'm no longer going to be one who follows my dreams, my aspirations. I'm going to follow Jesus. And that's what he's inviting us into. It's challenging. What I love about this, though, my dear friends, beloved, don't miss this. The question is, why? Why follow Jesus? Why try to say, I'm going to look at this recipe and I'm going to do these things. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to devote my life to him. Why do this? I would say it, it's right there in the commission. Because Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given me. I just died. I just dropped in, came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on a cross for your sins, defeated death, resurrected, and I'm inviting you to live in that new creation. 
We say it all the time, Jesus changes everything. Why should we follow Jesus? Because Jesus changes everything. This is the next step. It's the logical step. If you truly believe this, I was, I love, just last week we had our baptism and profession of faith class, and I loved hearing the stories of those who are, who are signing up to get baptized and profess their faith. I love hearing the stories that like I see them, and I'm like, wow, Jesus is really changing everything in your life. I remember, and I believe that's also happening in mine. I was talking to one of the dads of a young boy who wants to get baptized. He was saying, even he's just seen in his son, ever since he's, he's made this confession of faith and said, Daddy, I want to get baptized, he's seen in him something happening in his heart where he's asking questions. Where he's thinking about what it means to follow Jesus. I am challenge you, church. As we think about following Jesus together, I believe with all my heart, this is something all of us are invited into. What is discipleship? Yes, discipleship is a mentor meeting with a mentee. Yes, discipleship is a parent, father or mother sitting around a dinner table with their children, teaching them the ways of Jesus and praying. Discipleship is a Sunday school teacher coming alongside and teaching their, their, the, the children. Discipleship is a small group coming together, praying together, growing together. Discipleship is a group of people donating their, their coats and, and wanting to, to love others. Discipleship is a group of people who just want to grow and take steps with Jesus. And I don't know what that looks like for each of you, but I know this. Jesus is speaking to you right now in this moment, and he is saying, follow me. And every day when we wake up, we are given this invitation to follow the great Savior. Let's do this together. Let's continue to follow Jesus together. And then let's just imagine what he will do in light of what he has already done. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this reminder that you do change everything and that you call us in to this relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, as we think about this invitation, God, right now in this moment, that no matter where we are in this walk, we would hear your voice saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And as you go, make disciples of all nations, of all languages, of all people. How baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and behold I am with you always until the end of the age we receive this commission Jesus we declare we will follow you together and out of an abundance of faith in you 
we declare that you are the solid rock on which we stand and we sing to you. In your name we pray, amen.